Hi everyone, I'm Ricardo Deacon. I'm Orlum Guinness. Welcome to The Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to pick a movie that the other person hasn't seen, we watch it separately, and we meet to discuss it. You're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. Welcome. Oh, you've got very broadcast voice. Thank you. Broadcast uh, news. <coughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> so this week's film was chosen by Orla. It is You Were Never Really Here from uh, 2017, one of our uh, nearest and dearest years. (laughs) Uh, So the synopsis is, uh, when a teenage girl goes missing, a jaded, brutal enforcer attempts a rescue mission. He uncovers corruption and abuse of power along his way. Which is typically bad, (laughs) which I love. That sounds like this movie. 100% 100% 100%. not. <laughs> so it is directed by Lim Ramsey, uh, produced by Rosa Atab, Pascal Koshitu, James Wilson, and Lim Ramsey. Screenplay by Lim Ramsey, based on You Were Never Really Here by Jonathan Ames, starring Joaquin Phoenix, Ekaterina Samsonov, Alex Manette, John Doman, and Judith Roberts. Music by Johnny Greenwood. Cinematography by Thomas Townsend. No, Townend. Edited by Joe Binney. And that's the crew and cast. And now, as it is tradition, Orla, why did you pick this movie? Um, I watched this at Christmas. Uh, with my it is family. a very Christmas movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, to be fair, we watched a lot of movies at Christmas. Um, but uh, it was. Was a, it a, like a double bill with Sound of Music or something? Uh, no, it was a double bill with Mandy. Uh, no, it actually wasn't. I'm trying to remember what the other. I think we watched this and then we watched Leave No Trace. Have you seen Leave No Trace? Not yet, no. Oh, well, that will definitely be a bit. Well, like a similar um, enough topic, I'd say. Like, uh, not, perhaps not in style no, or something. No, definitely but not in style. That but, kind um, of opposed Iraq War kind yeah, of setup. Yeah, another vet, yeah. Yeah, so they, yeah, so they weren't a million miles away, but... um. And just on the note, before you get going for years, uh, when I was learning English, I thought that people that were referred as vets were veterinarians so uh, i just thought the americans really dug animal doctors we have to protect our vets um precisely a lot of homeless vets out there um i like how you say veterinarian by the way um yeah then we watched watch this i think that everybody was i think even um kira's paul watched this as well uh i think maybe but um uh, yeah, and it was a very crowded field. Like, we watched a lot of movies at Christmas, and um, this really, really stood out. Um, I went into it uh, somehow not knowing a whole lot about, like, what it was actually about or anything, other than I don't think I'd even seen the trailer. I don't even know if this has a very revealing trailer or anything. Um, it's the kind of movie I don't think you should watch a trailer before seeing it, because it's a, it's an experience, let's say. But, um, yeah, other than that, it was Len Ramsey and Walking Phoenix, which I think is a good way to do it. Um, it was actually interesting, um, just having mentioned Man, Mandy that um it's interesting watching this it wasn't quite back to back but in the same week say as Mandy because um I'd sort of had one thing in my head for each one and they both sort of subverted it in a way and with this one it didn't disappoint I kind of was a bit disappointed with Mandy to be honest um which is a whole other podcast but um yeah I don't know what your history is with um with Lynn Ramsey I assume you've seen um we did talk about Kevin yeah um, and I've seen the Ratcatcher or whichever is the yeah name, yeah yeah like she doesn't she hasn't made that many movies she tends to have kind of pauses in between and they're you know she has a particular style let's say um but uh 
Yeah, she's not unlike um, Andrea Arnold, actually. Um, you know, a female, very, very British director um, who's kind of moved to making movies that are very of America, very inherently American, um, but they hold on to like a certain tinge of the Britishness, you know, kind of what, like, of observing America, like, you know, askance, let's say. But uh, and I think this film has that sort of vibe to it. Um, yeah, I think this is a real film of like mood and tone and it sort of settles itself into your brain and I find it different from Kevin in a lot of ways. Like it's, def- it's definitely more accessible than that movie is because that movie like wraps you up in the intensity of it and it's a very unpleasant movie to watch even though I think it's I, I think it's a brilliant film but uh, you're, you're sort of reeling in discomfort, uh, which I think is necessary for the story that she's telling, but I think she's doing something, it, it's something for, there's something very cold about that movie as well. Um, there's more moments, I think, of like humanity and compassion in this film. Uh, in less time as well. This is like 80 something minutes long. Like it is taut. It's crazy. Um, which kind of brings me to talking about like how she's, not necessarily pasted, but, um, I think it's just really interesting the way she gives information, um, what she chooses to show, what she chooses not to show, um, and like what she leaves unsaid. Um, like it's full of these like pauses for these very quiet, odd little scenes that give lev like give you kind of a breathing space within what it often are very intense moments. The soundtrack's very intense. Joaquin Phoenix is very intense, um, but. Like, I think the editing is really interesting. Like, she lingers when she has to and cuts then at other points that are really... It's, I think it's, I think she works with the same editor all the time and um, she has a real relationship with them. Um, there's a real, like, excellent lack of exposition in this movie, which I think really benefits it because, like, it's a very... You know, it's a basic enough plot, really. Um, but it's kind of... It's sort of... It's, like, it's rich and also sparse at the same time. It's bleak, but it's also uh, weirdly funny at times. Um, like brutal and then tender at other moments um, and she's sort of doing all this within you know like as you describe the plot it sounds like it's like a revenge not a revenge movie like a you know it's a it's a it's right you know it's like I've heard her describe it as a b-movie and it is a b-movie plot but it's the, it's the way she handles the material I just I find, I find this film so interesting it felt really like different in the way that we need to talk about Kevin felt very different. Um, like it has a sort of a, you know, it has that intensity. Um, but I think um, uh, it's, there's a lot of comparisons between her and, and Paul Thomas Anderson. And particularly in this one, um, that like, well, obviously the mix of, uh, what do you call him? Walking Phoenix and also the Johnny Greenwood score as well. And obviously she's worked with Johnny Greenwood before, but this is the first time of her working with Walking Phoenix. Um, so you're always going to get the kind of the, the, <laughs> the Paul Thomas Anderson vibe, which is, I think in a way she's in some sense, almost like a British Paul Thomas Anderson in, in some ways. And like, that is not a bad thing at all. Like I, I just, I, uh, the way she handles things that in other films would seem so cliched and the, she weaves everything together in this I find it it's so interesting um like Joaquin is obviously just I can watch him do anything like he just he manages like like an intensity and like a a, his own type of brutal masculinity like if you're thinking of something like the master but then if you look at something like her he also manages this kind of frailty and like there's a real 
honesty to it and it's always wrapped up in a kind of a sort of a dark humor as well like the characters he creates and like the way hearing her talk about how she worked with him made me think of Paul Thomas Anderson as well and how whenever uh Walking Phoenix basically turned up on the first day of shooting of the master and he just created this posture and like PTA was like yep that wasn't me that was all him like he just he reads the characters and he just becomes this he morphs he morphs himself and in a way that is very human and not in a like a fucking Oscar Beatty Leonardo DiCaprio yes I'm giving him my second revenant (laughs) well it was you last week but anyways Walking Phoenix just has like there's something behind his eyes and every character and it's it's different, but it's this. Uh, I just, I, I really am obsessed with his face. Um, but like, he's almost like childlike as well. Like in, and that's like the use of his body, and he's like, he's just, he's this odd character who's able to like play the scenes with his aging mother with complete conviction. Like you completely believe in that relationship, and it's one of, like, I just, I love like their even their first interaction and the whole thing of like going in and she's watching Psycho and how she pretends to be dead and like that whole it's oh and he's like asphyxiating and she's just like Joe like and she's trapped in the bathroom and you know oh it's just wonderful it's like funny and cute but also crucially feels very real like when he's going through a fridge and everything um yeah it's one of those things I think elevates um the film um I think as well like I heard a lot of like comparisons with taxi driver which i think are fair and also not at the same time because like that's so new hollywood and this is not like this has sort of noirish qualities to it and sort of b-movie qualities to it but new hollywood is not is not quite the right description this film also lacks the kind of um uh like catharsis or of of like the climactic shootout and everything and like that whole scene and I think they're comparable but also very different movies um yeah like I think the soundtrack um is so crucial here as well um like Johnny Greenwood is a genius like I uh, I struggle to think of a situation of in a movie where it hasn't felt he makes the music not distracting but feel very integral to the film the films that he works on and um, I would stress that if you haven't listened to the Edith Bowman soundtracking episode with um, Johnny Lynn Ramsey, oh, okay, um, I, I 100% recommend it because she is a dote. And she gives, because she's so candid, she gives like, insane amounts of information about how they made the film and stuff and, and how like she brought him in because she'd worked with him before. She brought him in very early and stuff. So he, they were almost cutting the film to like, he would create these big long soundscapes and stuff and then they would cut it to that. It's a similar way that um, Paul Thomas Anderson works with him and how he would create these sprawling things and they would pick out the bits and then sort of edit to it. And so the whole movie was developing around the soundtrack as well. And like he was sort of like what she said was because Joaquin brought so much to it as well that he she said that he like turned up really early and stuff and like she'd never met him. So she was really afraid and like why they were still getting locations and stuff. And he just like turns up and he's like, I'm here. I'm in this now. So she had to kind of you know, develop this relationship with him where she could trust him because she's saying like the scene where he goes to get the drugs and the, he's waiting for the guy and he hits him that wasn't scripted he just hit him he was just this random extra it's like she's like you have to develop trust with a person with a deck with a performer like that where 
you give them the freedom to be able to do things like that but at the same time for you to trust them you know and it was just really interesting like her talking about it and um the way she like described making the film and I think um Kevin was kind of similar as well that the film really like it developed as much in pre-production production and post-production like it really it feel, it's almost like she's creating a kind of a poem or, or something which sounds like bollocks but it isn't it isn't um the cinematography this is cinematographer i don't think um he's really done much from well, he doesn't even have a page on wikipedia no he so. actually he, no he doesn't but he does have an imdb page but um well like i have an imdb page <laughs> so do i um but uh <laughs> woo. um yeah like uh um as far as i know he hasn't really uh, done a whole lot but um I, like i love the 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 detail shots on like it's it's very beautifully shot I think but the detailed shots of the things that she lingers on and everything and and like you know where like whenever he's closing the cab and it's like Cincinnati so it's just this little moment and then like whenever the guys break like kill his mother and you can see the flag pin like it's such a small little thing that's just you know I I'd like I do think that the art department is really really great and the locations are really great as well like the house his mother's house like um his friend's house as well or like his you know his boss's house <clears throat> I do love actually just on um a kind of a side note oh actually going back to cinematography as well um there's one moment as well of perfect kind of like um editing when he's filling up um like the he's like filling up with petrol near the end and it's clicking as the as the thing goes round and it's in perfect sync with his watch which is ticking and it's like little moments like that so simple so perfect um we do have to talk about the ending as well um which has the i think the most beautiful piece of music on in the score as well over the credits that is just i was listening to that earlier and it's oh god it's so good i love johnny greenman so much um and it like it's the imagery like I just I love her and I really really like this mu- this movie and like I said it really stuck in my head after we'd seen it and even though like you know it's very violent and you know it, it on paper doesn't sound like it should have been everyone's cup of tea but everyone who watched it with me really liked it as well it was a kind of an interesting experience um even though it was a bit kind of like hold on pause it now who's that but at the same time it was just great so Curto what you think well, first of all, uh, yeah, I do like uh, Lynn Ramsey, uh, her previous work. Uh, why are you laughing? <laughs> Sorry, nothing. Uh, I I really dig. Uh, uh, we need to talk about Kevin mm. uh, precisely for the reasons that you mentioned, but mainly because I felt that it was a movie that I hadn't seen before, even mm. though other filmmakers had uh, tackled similar subjects. Mm. But even like if, Elephant or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, uh, and to deal with subjects like that you and succeed, you have to very much have a unique take uh, because otherwise it becomes somewhat... Um, exploitative to do a movie about school shooting or school killings and not have something to say even that if like uh Gus Van Sant's take is the mundanity of it all yeah how until it happens it's yeah it's nothing. just a normal day yeah and even it's a movie that is designed to bore you because it's it it a boring day yeah and uh, we need to talk about Kevin is about the other side, the the side of the uh, oppression of uh, something that somebody that uh, unavoidably is going to do something wrong. Mm. And just 
both uh, the family and the system fail to see that. Mm. Uh, and I think that it's an interesting take as well. Uh, when it comes to this, I don't think that it's as unique as we need to talk about Kevin. I would agree with that. Like, yeah. uh, it, it reminded me in a way to obviously plot-wise is very similar to Man on Fire. Mm. Uh, but oh yeah. Uh, but in style, it's very similar in the sense of how it decides to play both actions and uh, subvert audience expectations. <laughs> Not to like <laughs> fucking flog at that horse, there, but suddenly like every fucking film that we do seems to 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 draw that phrase. But it reminded me of Drive quite a lot. That is the idea of that action movie that you expect the action to kick off at some point, mm. but it never does. Oh, it's so much better than Drive. Uh, I actually prefer Drive to You Are Never Really Here, Good. and I'll and I'll get to to why as well because I. Not to 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 be too uh, mysterious about it. I did really like the movie, but I I presumed I was gonna like it a lot more. Mm. Uh, it's a movie that I liked, but somewhat felt disappointed by some choices. Some of it is uh, uh, story wise. I think that it has the same issue that season one of True Detective had. Mm. That. It doesn't matter that you're uh, doing the story in a complete different way and style. Uh, and it has a very similar kind of plot dynamic as True Detective that is going in one way. But I hate the, the easy fake out that makes no sense because like if you're the governor of New York nowadays running a pedophile ring, there's yeah. no way, like 100% no way that that is possible to they, they even he has a favorite one mm. you know it's a it's a little bit too many people involved to mm. everybody to be shut up it, it, it feels a little bit too much like pizza gate you know what i mean that is uh, <laughs> hello i know what you mean yeah and uh, <clears throat> but it, it, i think in a way though that's kind of different to true detective because i think true detective kind of handled its like you know institutional abuse hidden under the system uh much you know like that's more plausible i think in yeah true detective. But, uh, but it has the like, that's the, not the problem with true detective i don't think yeah but the problem with true detective <laughs> is the reveal who is the actual killer yeah yeah which is uh, it turns out it to be the least the interesting kind yeah. of thing and as well like it, it it makes and it's the same problem that i found with this movie that it made something that is a mystery or a system or whatever and it's a movie revolving around that in the end mm. and it becomes uh, disappointing in a distracting fashion as in if it was even just a rich dude yeah I, I, it doesn't need to be the fucking governor of New York or, yeah. and then the it, because it makes no sense and also it, it could has, have been like a smaller politician yeah. even yeah like yeah it, it would make more sense and also mm. it's the idea that uh that the the dad is running in the governor in the governor race as a running mate or something mm. as a vice governor which i didn't even <laughs> fucking know that existed i just like saying governatorial yeah. And uh, 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 in a way, it reminded me, again, because of genre pieces mm. and also because it has uh, something of an election uh, twist to it. Uh, and in a way, unfavorably, this movie reminded me of Widows that is, uh, tries oh. to do the B-movie side mm. and actually 
say something beyond that. Uh, I do think, though, that Joaquin Phoenix performance is uh, incredible. Yeah. Uh, I really like his decision of how he built up the yeah. body to it's have... So, like, it's so interesting. He's like, he's not like built. He's like bulky. No, you know like, what he did? No. Is because uh, he studied... Uh, is that there's a different way of how your body reacts mm-hmm. to things. So if he just got fat, his body would have been a certain way. What he did is that he put on and became absolutely ripped yeah. and then just stopped doing exercise. Oh. So it's like that so, athlete that just stops yeah. exercising. So you still have the mass of the muscle, but, no but it's completely flab. Yeah. So it gives you the, the, the bulk heaviness that is not of weight. It's of like density almost. Yeah. But also you're not kept. You don't look like. And also gives you that shoulder bit yeah. and stuff. So I think it's real commitment because it took him forever to get that because it takes you a long time yeah, to get to, to the build it up and then to build lose it up it. and yeah, just to. Yeah. And also you have to maintain a certain diet not to get thin after you stop exercising yeah. as well, which I I felt that. That commitment you can see throughout the movie, uh, both of what he gives in performance and not. Um, again, I think uh, the ironically, like the bits on the the mansion and stuff, uh, or, or the crime ring and stuff. I really, even though I liked how the scene is shot of mm. him going in and it's like on the CCTV and it's cutting away, etc. I, I just really didn't like the whole angle of the movie. Yeah. Uh, I think partly it's because it never, there's never a comment about that aspect, mm. which is a fairly big, like the movie deals more with uh, how violent people become violent. And, mm. and in a way, uh, saying more without saying anything because of the sparing use of flashbacks for... Uh, Oh for, god, the kids fought. Ugh. And the 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 idea, the flashback in Iraq that it is like violence for the sake of violence without any uh, victory on it. And I thought that it was a, a quite interesting point to uh, highlight of a Iraq war veteran mm. that it's not uh, the typical uh, I was in a car bomb while I was driving and there was an mm. IED or something. It's very specific. I, I don't know if it's in the book or not. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, the the home invasion slash that you don't know if it is his dad being a violent father or it's a home invasion. Mm. Uh, but I think that uh, he, like even through to the choice of weapon that he carries it's a very clear through line and uh, also uh, shows a great mirror to uh, his relationship with his mom Mm. that it is like people that have uh, survived and uh, have not never been able to to come past a, a tragedy let's say or a particular trauma uh remember have you seen sharp objects yeah. Yeah, uh, just watch the Ooh. second episode there and uh, there's a uh, just watch the second that is episode. That's very cuz what Amy Adams does in that is yeah. fucking unbelievable. And I think oh, both God, her performance so good. I think both her performance has kind of it's almost mirrored by Joaquin Phoenix's performance of like mm. a broken person. Uh 
uh, and uh, the other and their use of skin and scars yeah. as well and like oh yeah and even so. like the the line <clears throat> in the second episode of uh, the they go to the girl's funeral and uh, Patricia Clarkson says uh, I I don't know how they'll ever uh, get through this mm. and Amy Adams says we never did mm. and I think this is similar without voicing it uh, carries the same sentiment uh, Again, I don't know if it is because of the 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 plot itself that I had an issue with or with the performance itself, but I don't think that the girl playing the little girl is particularly good. Uh, in moments she was good but I don't um, think she had a massive amount to do though yeah but it, it became kind of like even in the end when they're in the diner and stuff mm. uh, or oh, no I thought she was very good in that scene yeah uh, in that scene she's great but in the other scenes it felt it's kind of like stillness but we don't have it's very subtle what Lim Ramsey is asking her to do mm. But it doesn't like there's supposed to be an emptiness there that I didn't feel, which is very hard to pinpoint. Yeah. But when uh, you compare, let's say, to the perfor- Julie Foster's performance in Taxi Driver that you mentioned, mm. it it has a it, it's perhaps what or a beast of no nation. I think that sometimes it's a in, not interesting, but in a way child soldiers are similarly portrayed in films to uh, underage prostitutes mm. uh, the idea of like, in a way uh, how to deal with the acts you're doing because uh, mm. you you have to give yourself towards your quote unquote profession for lack of a better word mm. uh, but in the end i think that the the biggest issue that i have with the movie is no not the ending ending i really like the scene in the diner and i i, I like the music but is that i felt that it, it's like moment to moment it, it it has some really 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 amazing scenes mm. but as a whole i found it somewhat forgettable that i could never say about we need to talk about kevin mm. as in even um and it's not because it doesn't linger on moments or because it's just because I didn't care in a way. I cared about like Joaquin Phoenix mm. as a character, but I didn't care about what he was doing within the plot or the movie. Like If the whole movie had been, let's say, him and his mom, which I'm not proposing that that should have been the movie. <laughs> but all those bits, I remember each moment. Mm. But when he goes to the governor's house, and uh, finds the governor dead, whatever. I actually have forgotten about that until we start wa- <laughs> talking about the movie. <laughs> and I was like, how did the movie end again? And it took me like a moment to, to um. get it. And... And I don't know why, because like the the part, the ending itself, like the 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 climax of the movie, mm. for lack of a better word, uh, the the movie that reminded me the most of how it it, it does is uh, fucking uh, No Country for Old Men. Mm. The he just drives in and fucking Josh Brolin is dead, and you just see the car running away. It's like you missed the you you didn't get the the movement or the mm. climax that you need the payoff, and um, I think that because and that's coming back to drive, 
The Drive is not a, my favorite film of all time, and I think that it's slightly overrated by people. I think oh, it, uh, God, yeah. it's a lot of people that haven't been uh, exposed to true cinema. I haven't seen all the movies that inspired Drive. Yeah, and also I think it's a, it's. A, I don't think Drive is bad, by the way. I just. I think that <clears throat> for one, it has like it's more memorable. I felt. Which is something that you can't... Re- and I, I think, think it's more coherent, which sounds bad to say of this movie, but I I do think that Drive... What I think is interesting, and I was listening to that, because um, uh, I, I do agree with you in certain ways. It doesn't. I don't think I'm as uh, down on that part of it as you are, maybe, but I thought it tied together a bit more. But um, in that uh, Edith Bowman interview, she talks about how the script, she was kind of writing parts of it as they were making it. Yeah. And I think that that's where it fell down. That if, I don't know if it required more, you know, when you think of like how, how precisely written, not necessarily, and made as well, drivers, and yeah. how long he worked on to perfect exactly. And like, you think of how precise, even like the whole quadrant thing. And, yeah. You know, like it's very, very precise. Whereas this is precise in certain ways in filmmaking I think and in performance but not necessarily in script yeah. and I think that because um, it's that side of it is so B-movie that it kind of it ends up fall you know what I mean? so it, it ends up less coherent it does it, 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 it then it, it kind of ripples into the filmmaking side of things mm-hmm. uh, because even though it is uh, no point uh, film that is badly made but also is a movie that, in a way, because it doesn't have a true focus, or at least I feel that it doesn't, uh, because... Well, I it, think trauma is the focus of the Yeah, movie. but I mean uh, trauma, but at the same time, it's like if you, as you mentioned, the PTA, uh, the trauma and post-traumatic stress disorder mm. is the focus of the master. Mm-hmm. And at no point they actually refer to it. Yeah. But everything in the movie is there to uh, highlight highlight that. So uh, if you had the master, but it ends up being that the guy is just running a pedophile ring that has nothing to do with, uh, let's say, Philip Seymour Hoffman is running a pedophile ring. Mm. It has nothing to He's do so with much... the other side of the movie. Yeah. And I, I don't know, because I haven't read the book, mm. I don't know if it is something that has been repurposed for something else. As in that it's a movie that... Somewhat the... the is this mo- based on a book? Yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah. And I didn't know until I fucking read the Wikipedia oh, thing. I didn't know that. So I don't know if it is the case that there's some plot points she just like mm. uh, translated directly but then did it in her style. Let's say the the pedophile ring. Mm. That, and then try to put her uh, spin on it uh, if or her style impose her style into that idea and i don't know it's it, it was just odd specifically mm. because all her previous work even though she from my understanding how she works she works in that style mm. always of like almost improvisation <clears throat> improvisational directing almost yeah uh but they always feel very focused as mm. movies and that's why I, I was kind of disappointed in the movie. Not to let it down too much because I did really like it. I do. I, I do agree with you, though. I think I think it is like because I don't I don't. This is definitely not perfect, but it's still it's still so striking in so many ways. And she does so many things just so differently. Like, in yeah. The, 
the I was in like oh just the 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 mood of it the tone of it and everything I was kind of more carried than you were yeah. but at the same time like I do agree with you I don't think this is I as, love the mood and the tone and everything yeah. and even the beginning that it's like you don't know what he's doing and then you find out that his profession is to rescue fucking yeah uh, but even just like the scene like just the things of like fucking finish you can just watch him do anything like that scene when he's in the car and he's just like taking off the roll of tip and then he has like you know the cans of soda or whatever you know that's so simple it's just him sitting in a car and it's just there's something so do you remember last week we were talking about um in uh, in what he called um last week fat city in fat city about at the very beginning of how he's trying to find something and how hard it is to do something like that that you do yeah. all the time but acting it is really hard because it's such a basic thing yeah like walking phoenix is one of those people that just walking around or like making tea or whatever he does it with such a like he's just he himself is so watchable as a like performer of his movement no matter what he is doing any movie always you just watch him do anything and it's and, and then his break breakdown <laughs> when he breaks down is one of the best kind of oh, psychotic breakdowns rips I've seen off a shirt and yeah like that whole like is i like i mean i think that scene is really striking even though i think you're right that the this this whole side plot i think it's because why it worked more for me i think is because at every time that we have a scene that's more set in that world, we're immediately brought back into the other side of the movie, like with the scene whenever they break it, you know, like they're there in his house and he shoots them and everything, and which is oddly funny as well. It's just, yeah, like uh, the way that then, he just goes. Yeah, like he's so like he's such a such a funny man, but um weird but funny um and how like. You know, they, they lie on the ground and, you know, you get these little... And then the same thing of whenever he gets to the house and, he, you know, the house is insane. The location is ridiculous. But it's it's interesting. It's not even just that it's like, oh, it's a rich guy's house or whatever. It's like, it's a really cool place. And, you know, he's like going in and then you see him like killing people off screen or whatever. And then just like the sheer like letdown of coming in and, and like he laughs. He's like, he's already dead. Oh, he did, and then it's just like, blah. like it, like the, the and I'm wandering around. It, it's like, oh, but I, I think one of my favorite moments as well is whenever he's like, he goes to to put his mother's body in the water, and yeah. like you know he's in the suit and everything, and you think he's gonna kill himself, and it's like it's oh, I just. So yeah, like that like, that scene in particular, I absolutely loved the, oh. how it was dealt with. It was heartbreaking. Somewhat, somehow reminded me of the end of fucking uh, Logan. Yes, weird. I was thinking about Logan earlier for some other reason as well. And I don't know why. There's something Logan about this. I, I, I don't know if it's, yeah, it's, like it's the, the broken body yeah. and the... Yeah, it's, but there are other things as well weirdly made me think of Logan. That's funny because I was thinking... Yeah, like the mirrors and everything. Yeah, because they, they draw from the same exp- inspiration, mm. I'd say. So, uh, yeah. it's one of those weird things that I know that you were never really here is a better movie than Logan, <laughs> but I prefer Logan. That's okay. <laughs> but... Um, <clears throat> But yeah, like, uh, it's one of those mm, <laughs> that you can't even, I, is that it's so alien, 
for what is the I don't know if it is something personal because I'm like I think that I mentioned before in uh, the podcast that I'm sick and tired of uh, this is not like a, a slight on Lim Ramsey because I think in a way she dealt with it much better than any other director would mm. but I, I I'm not like I I just don't like when uh, filmmakers use uh, rape or child rape or anything mm. just as a plot point mm. that it is that like in the end of the day is that if the movie is going to be about that, the main character should have been her. Yeah. And him would have been like a peripheral a character with the same pain or whatever. Mm. I don't think that... Um, it's just that it's always the case, you know. It's all, like fucking even in Criminal Minds or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That the hero is the guy not being raped. Mm. You know, there are a few shows that, that deal with it in a way... Uh, somewhat better and stuff but uh like i think that uh for example i i think that even for the the for example that i hated was the part of game of thrones that they just uh yeah but game of thrones is all over the shop yeah it's all (laughs) over the shop but even in a show like that that you can forgive a lot Mm. like even killing children you can forgive because it's like at the end of the day it's based like inspired by an era that this shit happened Mm. but you can't do it without thematically dealing with it and you can't just flip the page yeah as well it's kind of uh, and i think it's that maybe because like everybody knows that murder is bad and like uh i knew it, it not does. to be too but and this is from both sides of the it's like that pop culture detective thing mm. about uh uh male rape oh, the God, yeah. how People, prominent it is in the movies if you want to have your minds like just melted by how fucked up a trope is uh, oh, how lazy and disturbing something that is in everything you have ever watched and I include children's movies in that there is a like what 16 minute long video possibly yeah. longer uh, by the pop culture detective on yeah. YouTube he does a lot of really interesting stuff um, um, basically around the prevalence of jokes around male rape and prison rape and how prevalent it is in pop culture as a flippant yeah. thrown in there and it's horrifying. And when you, and I, I'm like, I hate that stuff where it's like, oh, this will blow your mind. It'll ruin everything you've ever seen. But I swear to God, it'll ruin everything you've ever seen. Yeah. And it'll really disturb you because up until you watch it, you won't have even thought about it. Yeah. And then you watch it and you're like, oh, God, everyone does this. Like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But just to finish on the, mm. the, the point is that like, I don't think that this is a precisely terrible because in a way they're trying to, she's trying to mirror her, the child's trauma to Joaquin Phoenix's trauma. Also, the fact that he seek you know, it's not like this is just a random case. Yeah. This is what he does. And also, he's literally the guy who gets kids back. And they have, uh, they mirror uh in a way that she already has a coping mechanism mm. and he has one that is the suffocation as well mm. uh that's why it reminded me a bit of um uh shop objects as well mm. but i think that in a way it feels almost that uh, at the end especially when he's just sitting there and he imagines committing suicide mm. and it's like the fucking thickness of the blood when it's just 
coming through the table. It's disgusting. But at that moment, and then she goes, oh, let's go and get up and go. It, it Like, I don't know. It, it just felt like she's been through so much now. Mm. And I know that it's like the, the, the coping. Maybe it's just missing one scene there or a look or something mm. as simple as that to show that it's like, yeah, uh, the coping mechanism is going to be the same as Walking Phoenix. That maybe it works for a while, but it's like you it's will, not fixing no, fixing the issue. It's just putting a bandaid upon yeah. a bandaid upon the bandaid. Mm. And I, I maybe it's just something personal myself, but I don't. I unless it is something that you're truly focusing on. Mm. But no, particularly I do because agree. she says she says herself that it's a B movie, mm. and even though it deals with some things, it's kind of like you can deal. With trauma through a B movie, mm. but not uh, with sexual assault in a very like with children's also sexual the, like, assault political angle of it as well. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, too much. Yeah, no, I do agree with you. I think that's the weakest part of the film, definitely. Yeah. But uh, I do think that she is. I don't. I don't think she's. Um, I don't think she's a bad um, actress. But I do agree that probably another scene could have been had there. Um, just a note though on that ending. Um, uh, yeah, Larry, he think he shoots himself. Oh my god, it's a, it's the way that's cut as well is so great. And she comes in, he just has his head on the table. Also, how many milkshakes did they drink? Yeah. I noticed that when I was watching the last night, there's like four and a half empty milkshakes of every flavor. Like, um, And also the ending uh, reminded me somewhat of uh, The Lobster. Yes, actually, also ending in a restaurant. Yeah, well, like the the lobster ends in Joel's from Glendalkin. <laughs> you That's see at the least the third time that you have brought that yeah, up. Yeah, you see the nice bypass being built behind it. <laughs> the nice road bypass. Oh, memories. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny though. Like, even like obviously, no one is like Yorgos Lanthimos. Not even Paul Thomas Anderson yeah. is like Yorgos Lanthimos. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, like that scene at the the restaurant at the end of this movie wouldn't be out of place in a Yorgos Lanthimos movie. No, a hundred percent. And like, even the scene whenever she's like, eating well, it the- would have been out of place uh, in the favorite because the gun would have been an anachronistic detail, and I don't think the restaurants were very popular in the <laughs> pre-Victorian era. But yes, uh, yeah, okay, well. But <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Oh, you're gross. Um, but at the same time, um, yeah, the scene when she's eating the dinner and the, there's like blood and there's blood all over her hands and oh, like, yeah. the knife beside it and everything. Like, That's a bit Yorgos, you know. Yeah. It's not PGA, it's Yorgos, you know. It, it, if I just, I think it's fascinating how she's kind of weaving so many different things. But do you get the that there's some underlying weird British sensibility about this as well? Well, like, I think it's more a um, European sensibility, I think. The, because, it, like, mm, how can I put it? Is the, I, never I don't know f- if it's in the relationship with the mother or... On, it's the way, the little shots she includes as well of, like, the shot of the mother in the window and, like, the way he, like, she shoots him in his bedroom and, I don't know, there's just something weirdly British about it and I couldn't quite pinpoint what it was but well like i do think that it's somewhat uh the locations that they picked were i don't know if she's just used to shooting like uh, 
<laughs> you know, two down, three up <laughs> kind of houses. But uh, yeah. you, the I layout did. feels uh, very familiar for somebody to lose. <laughs> In the I, did, I did like that because uh, I was thinking about how in Lady Bird how those scenes in New York and how it feels really like cliched New York and how yeah. in this it feels like another weird part of you know there's it's it's a it's an odd way of shooting New York I think as well which yeah. I which I quite enjoy. like I, I do think that the best bit of filmmaking both in the musically and cinematography and performance are the bits of uh, Joaquin Phoenix just driving around. <laughs> I've never been so nervous oh watching God, somebody He's, like... <laughs> He's just waking up and falling asleep. I was like having a mild panic attack. Oh my and... God, it's so traumatic. And the way she calls this on, you can see the back of the car like weaving and he's like, get out of the way. And then it just cuts to him like... The Ford Mondeo. Oh so my God. What an odd car to like just put in your movie. <laughs> That's a... <laughs> so random like oh it's it, yeah she's just like I, moments I like her. that in the like the specific yeah. when, when the movie becomes like very specific and unique yeah like i loved it every time that it goes into like even the ending it, it reminded me of how good the ending of something like blue ruin is yeah i did think of blue and Ruin then, is actually yeah and then this and and as well like it was the Speaking weird of thing true detective jeremy sonier Oh, yeah, I haven't We've seen come them, yeah. full circle. I haven't seen season three. <laughs> uh, oh, you need to start. And then uh, you then you have the the fucking what was it that uh, the the house where they they keep their girls or whatever reminded me of like fucking John Wick or something yeah, for some reason. Yeah, a little bit of John Wick in here as well. And, and uh, the way that it's shot through these security yeah. cameras and the way he kills them. And, yeah, yeah. With a fucking pencil. <laughs> the fucking pencil this, this movie it felt at times as well uh like uh like michael mann <laughs> went off his meds <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he, not to say that he's on meds or anything but no no shade on michael mann but you know how like uh, he's uh if anything a very uh methodic director yeah. that is like a to b to c or whatever but imagine like collateral directed by Lim Ramsey or something and, uh, I would watch that movie with the same cast I would watch that movie like I for one think that Lim Ramsey should uh, get off her ass and do more movies yeah and just tackle every single genre in yeah. her way do like uh, imagine her. her doing fucking like a, mon- a giant monster movie have <laughs> have you ever heard her talk yeah, yeah like, she is so Scottish. She, but she's just like you know, like, you oh, know Jesus. just couldn't believe oh. that like she just you know like the Johnny Greenwood replied her email and stuff. She's just such like when you watch her films, you're like no, and then you see her and you're like you are mental. I love you. She is such a dote. And like obviously every episode of Soundtracking, Edith Bowman fawns yeah. over the guest. Like it's ridiculous. I love Edith Bowman, but like come on. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the problem with that is that she will have like somebody that is like. The music coordinator for something else that somebody that obviously is talented but yeah. it's not and then you have like fucking let's say 
fucking John Williams or something, <laughs> and they get the same treatment, you know, like yeah. uh, and Which it, is in not a way, a bad thing. In a way, because yeah. she's just like that. Even whenever she does entertainment as well, she brings the same enthusiasm, yeah. which I kind of enjoy. No, like I, I, I love her, but yeah. I, I do like how Simon. You can tell when Simon <laughs> Mayo hasn't liked the movie during the interview, like he's not allowed to be very clear about it. Yeah, <laughs> he's only getting worse in his old age. Yeah, yeah, like um, yeah. In a way, Simon Mayo is becoming more grumpy than fucking Kermode. And Kermode is <laughs> becoming less grumpy. Yeah, yeah. Like he hasn't ranted about fucking Morrissey in a long time. Like <laughs> Ricardo just went. Nyeh. Um. Also, Ricardo is in my seat, which means he's swinging around a lot, which I'm quite enjoying. <laughs> Um, oh yeah I didn't fucking notice that you now yeah I didn't like, notice that you were comfortable and I'm not um, <laughs> yes we have specific seats that we sit in um, so what's your favorite thing about this movie um, oh my god um, probably Walking Phoenix I mean just after I watched this movie I went through like a brief week of being really obsessed with him and being obsessed with the fact that he's married to Rooney Mara because somehow that's like the most perfect thing that has ever happened and I don't really know why because she's so odd and he's so odd and like together I'm just like yes just imagine just like a dinner and the... what are they like what are they like that's what I want to know like it's something that I liked about Joaquin Phoenix of like child stars and then that era and then the circles and also the party side mm. of it like he was never a part of the pussy patrol mm. because like people forget that fucking Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire were absolute scumbags and then you had like Luca Haas I somehow just I like I didn't know that Tobey Maguire was in there as well yeah yeah he was the like second in command and then, Ooh. and then you have the 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 thing that Toby Maguire, like the in the Molly's game, is meant to be Toby Maguire, the the gambler guy. Like, yeah, what's it? Who plays him in uh, Molly's game? Oh God! Uh, is it the, oh, the, the the the? Oh God! Knock that up because that's gonna annoy the shit out of me. Oh my god, that's so funny! Really, yeah, yeah. I love that in like Ocean's Eleven. Whenever they have like Topher Grace and what's her name and stuff, and like Joshua Jackson, and he's like, yeah, Joshua Jackson, <laughs> all reds. Yeah, like I haven't seen the the movie, but uh, Michael Sarah, Michael Sarah. Oh Sarah, yeah, he's yeah. movie. Oh my god, that's gas. Um, I forgot Michael's. I forgot everything about that yeah. film. It is so Except Kevin Costner. And the well, artist. yeah, and also just going Idris Elba. Why, 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 why? That's a terrible performance. Oh my god, it's so bad. My favorite thing is also Joaquin Phoenix. I think that, like, even the commitment to to his body, like, just the, even the idea of doing it that way, mm. that other actors would have just chosen to get big. Mm. But and also it's like notoriously bad for your body in the yeah. Look at him now, he's do. Did you know he's gonna play the Joker? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? Do you know if you like the Joker tag? If you tag Walking Phoenix in anything, and then you look up that tag, it's just people going, "Oh my god, oh my god, I hate bad boys." Sorry. I spent a very small amount of my time on film Twitter, and yeah. I'll tell you now, it's ghastly. Yeah. I well, like, uh, well, like anywhere on Twitter, it's ghastly. <laughs> like, I got for a second whole of humanity. <laughs> Can't stop follow, reading it though. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, what was your least favorite thing? Uh, I think it's a toss-up. Well, 
both of them are relating to the plot if any it's one of those movies that i you know when people I go i wish plot. The, like, i wanted no plot almost <laughs> like yeah. all the bit like considering how well it deals with his backstory without mm. revealing almost anything i would have preferred let's see Okay, have the same plot, but make it so fucking oblique yeah. <laughs> that you don't know what's going on. Yeah. And you just piece it together afterwards, like in a fucking big board it, yeah. with red lines no, or something. Not even like it could have. It could have been more subtle. Even what was going on, it was just so. I like, it, but at the same time, if you're gonna be like, it can't just be subtle, about right? Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> I know, I know. But like, I, it, even if it was. Yeah. I don't know if it's something that it originated in the book and it's just there or not. But like all the bit that is plot in the movie, mm. like even the, like moments when the plot stops, mm. like, oh, he finds the governor dead. Okay. Plot stopped there. Starts crying. Great. It's like, why did he have to be the governor? Yeah. Just so he has goons around like he fucking drug dealer or whatever. I don't care. Mm. Mafia guy. Business guy. Business guy can afford more fucking security. Mm. Like, if you're the Goldman Sachs been, or whatever. It would have been, like, a, you know, better. Because then it could have been, like, a kidnapping or yeah. something. You know, rather than just straight up gonna... Yeah, and it's a little bit too much that, like, the guy has, like, favorites kind of thing. Mm. And it's, like, it's a little bit... Like, even from the beginning, it's kind of... I know that it's the the father gave him the uh, the phone number or the address mm. because he knew where she was. Mm. But at the same time, even as a mystery kind of thing, mm. it's kind of like if you think about other like film noirs or neo noirs that this tries to be in a way, is that you have to if you're gonna have a mystery. It has to be somewhat mysterious. Mysterious, <laughs> not like go to this place. It's like, oh yeah, I can tell right away because of the cameras, or whatever. It's a pedophile ring, <laughs> and then uh, I do like whenever, just go in. I do like whenever he kidnaps the kid, though. That's yeah, yeah. Quite good. <laughs> no, no. That, that again. That's when it starts getting into detail, mm. and I like that. But it's like having it and also like the fucking cameras or whatever and it's like absolutely pointless to have it because it's supposed to be like otherwise you just have the fucking code mm. why is there a security guy looking at the camera and some dude just walks in like completely covered carrying a hammer and it's like oh i'm not gonna go and check what's wrong me he, an armed dude that works for yeah fuck's sake but, <laughs> Yeah, but I I I really like this movie because though that's like barely like a third of the movie, but it is mm. such a ubiquitous third that yeah, and it's also just like throughout. But even like when he kills the two guys in his house, that's plot related, but in a way it's not plotty, mm. and it starts like becoming <laughs> like just your man like dragging himself. He's like looking at him like fucking David Attenborough <laughs> looking at the sloth yeah. kind of. It's like where are you going? You know, you just. The, the, the shot henchman tries to go to his home. Tries yeah. in vain. <laughs> What's your least favorite thing? Uh, oh, it's the same. Like it's it is the weakest part of the movie, definitely. And like, if it had been more bleak or just less, less something, you know, it, this would have been perfect. 
but it's it just it's distracting. I do agree that it is. Distracting. I think the somewhat is the the comment of the B movie, the something the widows did very well. The Steve McQueen did oh, the, the bit that there. is like completely the the bit that is completely B movie. Mm. He just embraces it. Mm. And then, it, like the the artsy part of the movie, just revolves around that, you know. Mm. And it is not a perfect movie, where those are far from it. But I think that it achieves the balance of mm. uh, doing both things, kind love of thing. That there that are people like Steve McQueen and Lynn Ramsey out there, like, yeah, you know, because nobody does shit like this. <laughs> well, like, but that's the thing oh. is that it's getting to the point that they like with also because in a way. Uh, there's a, a room in in films mm. now, uh, like a market for people like us. That if you just go in and you don't make a superhero movie, people will fucking see it. Mm. You know, you get like two mildly good reviews. God bless you, Netflix. And there, you, there you go. <laughs> but uh, uh, yes, uh, that was uh, <laughs> you were never really here. Um. It is. It's. It. Oh, I mean. It's. It is. It's not perfect, but at the same time, like, even if it didn't have amazing score and like, you know, if it, it, even if it was just Walking Phoenix's performance, yeah. it'd be worth it. I think it um, is completely worth it. Uh, yeah. I, I glad I see it, saw it, and I forgot to mention also that I've been meaning to watch it for forever, mm. and then uh, finally got on to Alex watching it. Alex is going to be yeah. very mad that you. Well, she watched it. it uh, she watched it first. Like, I don't know if she loved it or not. Hmm. Um, Gonna find out. Yeah, like, <laughs> let's see if I hey, get Alex. the cold shoulder. <laughs> like, I dare you, Dislin. Um, Ricardo, where can they find us? Uh, they can find us on Facebook, The Recommendation Game, on Twitter, at The Rec Game. Our email is the recommendation game at gmail.com. And you can find our previous episodes on The Recommendation Game Mixcloud that is part of the Dublin Digital Radio Mixcloud. Uh, you can also donate to Independent Radio through Dublin Digital Radio Patreon. Yay, so they can get more and more and more and more and more shows. But no movie shows. Still the only one. Yeah, we're the <laughs> flagship Dublin <laughs> Digital Radio film show. So good, music nerds. Um, <laughs> uh, next week's film is Ricardo's pick. It is indeed. What are you picking? I actually don't know. Uh, uh, we're taking an incredibly left-hand turn oh. and uh, we're gonna watch uh zaz uh which is uh, zuckerberg abraham zucker uh production of top secret exclamation mark there were a lot of words didn't uh the movie is called top secret but it's from the makers of airplane uh oh, okay <laughs> Alright. Naked God. I love how you never even asked me if I'd seen that. It was just an assumption. <laughs> Nobody has seen Top Secret. It's like me and, and we're three gonna lads. find out why. Um <laughs> You and your little nerdy top secret club. Um, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> when you watch that movie. <laughs> cool. Uh well, until then, um I was ordering. I was Ricardo Deacon. Thanks for listening. See you next week.